Oh my goddess. Well, here we are. Episode one. Did I happen to mention this is my first time hosting a podcast? Ever? Or that once upon a time I couldn't stomach to listen to the sound of my own recorded voice? According to Reader's Digest, you know, everyone's favorite supermarket periodical, in an article titled, Why You Hate the Sound of Your Own Voice, when listening to your own voice on a recording, you aren't getting those extra lower vibrations that happen in your mouth and throat. So you just hear what everyone else does. You mean I don't sound like the romancing the stone Kathleen Turner I had always imagined in my mind? Until now, almost the entirety of my podcast consumption was true crime. And that is the wrong energy for this space. Remember the puzzle I mentioned in the trailer? Here it begins. You open the box. Pieces spill across the table. As I recorded the first batch of episodes, I began to notice connections forming at the edges. Shared relations, experiences, deepening conversations, peppered by the fizzing of sparkling water. Oh, another thing you didn't know about me is that I hated sparkling water when I was a kid. Gross. Now I couldn't imagine my life without it. I go through a case every two days. Which is a lot of waste, I know, but you will never get me to use a soda stream unless you buy me one. And I swear I will try to use it regularly, but I don't know how long I can keep that up because it's like that crock pot or the ninja or that other weird blender that does things and chop things up that's now collecting dust and dead spiders in the back of a cabinet somewhere. Anyway, what to say about my first guest? Our friendship began 16 years ago on the stage of a musicale in Philadelphia. I felt an instant connection. We were in rehearsal for less than three weeks. Before we started coming up with a secret language, we used to signal to each other from across the room. Our language wasn't very extensive, however, as it only consisted of one gesture, which meant... I'm over this. It's hard trying to pin the magic that is Jenny. So I'll introduce her as a mother, a wife, theater director, actor, real estate agent, school pod manager, LaCroix spokesperson, daughter to two gems of people, and overall superstar. Here is my hour with Jenny. Hi, how are Hi. you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How is your <laughs> pandemic? Oh, you know, just living the dream. <laughs> We've had a snow day for the past two days. Yeah, and- you know, um, it's rare that I am watching MSNBC and they like go to a shot of King of Prussia Mall. But I was watching, I, you know, that's my, you know, my, my lunchtime thing is to eat an Asian style salad and to watch MSNBC 
for like a half hour over break. And I was watching MSNBC and it was like they were showing the King of Prussia mall and how you could not see the mall. It was disappearing. It was vanishing into the into the veil of snow. No. Yeah, it was bad. Like we got we got a lot of snow and I didn't even have time to eat an Asian salad because I was like running after my kid doing real estate. <laughs> craziness so you're still um your your home well it's not home well is it homeschooling no it's not homeschooling because you're it's being facilitated by instructors or teachers at the school but you're you're basically facilitating it from home so you're like what are you the homeschool you're like the school manager yeah it's like a hellish combo package <laughs> of you know like the illusion of them doing things for us but like basically all of it being on us to you know Right. make make it happen um, um so and then we hired this like te- this a friend of ours who's in grad school she comes three days a week and we have these two other kids at our house and she basically facilitates it all for us um right so oops let me get this out of here um so yeah basically chloe's like in public school right now mm-hmm. part-time and also we're paying for like essentially private school to have her be taught by our friend on top of public school. So, right. I'm not bitter. Like a lot. (laughs) I'm not bitter at all. Oh yeah. Well, well, good on you for for (laughs) keeping up with it, for keeping your child schooled, educated. (laughs) I'm trying. It's rough. It's good to see you. I mean, I guess we didn't see see each other too long ago looks like you're like behind an atari mountain like <laughs> what is that like what is that decor i love it this is a sound um, studio you're in this is this is this is a sound studio oh and these are some that. these are some colored bricks oh. um in a lovely cooling cooling would you call it a maybe a slateish blue or absolutely yeah slate blue Slate blue. I feel like I should bring my voice down here to talk about it. And your shirt matches. It's very nice. I've also have a blue shirt on (laughs) to bring you you cooling waters. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about. Meanwhile, (laughs) meanwhile, I'm sandwiched in my recording studio, which is actually just my closet, with a faux fur vest directly behind me. Mm -hmm. I keep this just in case I need to audition for. The role of a sex worker or uh, a, a queen from another day. I feel like that um, is a particular moment for a particular sex worker who may want to, um, you know, I don't know, work in an environment where it is both cold and warm at the same time. It's like a right. sleeveless. Like, why is it sleeveless? Coat. And <laughs> it's like, it's like, if I was auditioning for the Deuce, <laughs> I, I would be ever rocking that. that show. I watched like an episode, and then I was like, "Oh, there's a lot of murder here." So, right. or like, kind of like rapey, like bad. Like I was just like, "This isn't the content I need in this moment." And then I just, but I think it's probably a good show. It's just right, you know. I feel like I've been watching some television too. That's a bit too much for this particular time. <laughs> Right, like Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, although that's been that's that's not that's not back on yet, is it? No, it's not back yet. It like it's uh, 
I think they were in the middle of production when the pandemic hit and they they had to shut down. So, hmm. (laughs) So here we are. Here we are. Um, Do you remember how we met? That's a good question because I was actually, I know that this like, you know, this podcast is about connections and I was trying to think. is Is that what you think it's about? Well, connections and like, and like, right? Like, like people, relationships, whatever. (laughs) Asian salad recipes. I don't know. Um, Mm. But yeah, no, I was trying to remember because I feel like I've just, it's like the second we met, it was like, we were instantly connected. So I was like, what, what was the actual context? I think it was Wildhorn, Weber and Vile. Yeah. So yeah. Should we tell, should we tell the listeners (laughs) what that was? Oh, we should definitely. I don't think you can just say those three composers' no. names and leave it there. Yeah, so composers, that's one clue. That's a clue. Um is was it what yeah. it was Wild Weber and Vile. Yeah, Wild Horn. Wild Wild Weber, Horn, right. Weber and Vile. And the idea was it was like www and that was <laughs> Literally, I feel like that's the only Both thread. The title and um, the beginning of a address for the World Wide Web. Yes, it's, and it was like, you know, I think it was like in 2004 or something. So that would be like mm-hmm. a real hot of the moment idea. Or was it even earlier? Was right. it like? No, I, I think it was around in like 2003, 2004. I think that sounds right to me. That feels um, right. Well, two of those are my favorite composers. Two of those are two of my favorite composers. Can you guess which two? Um, I'm going to go Vile, because you're deep, and uh, and Wildhorn, because you're ironic. No! <laughs> Weber? You like Andrew Lloyd Weber? Oh my gosh, yes. Oh. You know, it was a personal triumph of mine that Andrew Lloyd Webber... Um, liked one of my comments on their Instagram account. Oh my God, you're famous. Some time ago. Like, oh. know, I followed their Instagram account and the and the joy that it brings me to hear an Elaine Page moment, to, to get a um, Sarah Bogus moment. Oh, Sarah um, Bogus. A headshot of Sarah Brightman. These are the little things Love that really those. bring me through the pandemic. And to hear, hear that sound. Yes, yes. Which was my first I love musical. a chromatic scale, aggressively played. Um, Family Opera was my first. It may have been the first. Well, no. It is definitely my first show that I've ever seen on Broadway. If not the first proper theater performance I've ever seen. Because I'm not counting the... Um, strange, like reviews we used to do in elementary school, which oh, right. were racially inappropriate. Oh no! All over the place. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, you're singing some, singing some songs of a bygone era. You should not be singing anymore as white right. bodied people. So, um, <laughs> well, we both, I feel like, grew up in an era where, like, like no fucks were given. Like people were just like, let's sing Camp Town Races. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Sort was... of along those lines. Right. <gasps> yeah. I actually do remember that being maybe one of the songs that were sung. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like I had this, I had this cassette tape called We Sing America. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like this, 
you know, 80s compilation of mm-hmm. like American tunes and like uh, just not like f- like I'd say 50% of them would not fly today. Like right. you would not. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking actually well, oh, this is just making me think a little bit. So Wild Weberhorn and, and Vile. There we are. That's where we met. And and Wild Horn, Weber, and Vile um, was a musical review. It was. So to speak. Um, it was, at yes. At Bristol Riverside Theater. Yes. Um, in Pennsylvania, which was the, you know, the cutest little town. I yeah, thought. Like, I really is. enjoyed staying there. It's like, it's on a river. It's really idyllic. Yes. Um your audience was an audience of a certain age. They were, oh, yes. they were um, an early bird <laughs> special yes. type of audience. Yes. But we love them. Yes. Because they would, would not be afraid to speak their minds and tell you what they thought of your job in the show. I love it. <laughs> yes. They were like, they were giving us that they were giving us the truth we didn't even know. That we wanted. Just all the reviews, all of the one and 15 star reviews you could possibly handle right, just, right there on the spot. Right there, the, show, the hot take. As, like, you right, were, as you were coming out of the yeah. theater door, of the stage yeah. door. Yeah, there was no mercy. Like it was, you know, but also the compliments, you know, to get that, like that compliment, yeah. you know, like, like you look just like your mother. I get that a lot. That's right. always exciting. Um, and also like, you know, oh, I loved when you sang that, you know, just like specifics. I really love a specific compliment. I'm a Leo, so. Right. I'm Pisces. (laughs) I don't really know what that means. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a kind of a, I don't know if I think I'm sort of a kind of a bad witch because I really don't know that much about astrology. But then when I actually spoke with someone who was like very deep into astrology and they told me that it's very mathematical, like you have to be invested. If you want to like really do a deep dive in astrology, there's a, there's a fucking lot going on. I mean, just like between all the planets aligning and diverging and converging and things like that. Like it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to take in. Oh Yeah. So maybe I don't feel so bad. I'm not really knowing that much about. I know yeah. I'm watery, and you're right. you're a lioness. I am a lioness. Leo That's why I have this this fur um, fur vest. Yeah. Is <laughs> it's part of my Leo, you know, clothing palette. Yes, I'm really enjoying um, the soundproofing that you have. Thank you. Uh, is it stapled? To the wall. I I use these like tapey. I can't even. I don't oh, know. Double sided tape. They're, it's this double sided like yeah. fancy stuff that's supposed to not rip your paint off when you take them down. But right. I have Does, news. Oh, oh that no. was a lie. Did you give them? Uh, a, I, did you give them a review? I have not. I'm not a skating review person. Like I'm not that person yeah, that goes on okay. and yeah. I am also unloads. not that person. You are that person. I'm not that person. I cannot yeah, be no. that person. There are times when my fingers get itchy and I do get real close to, to, the, right. to the comment section, to the review section. But Absolutely. then I kind of, I don't, I don't go through with it because I don't want to be no. that person. Although you are the person, I believe, that showed me the glory of the reviews of the Haribo or like the Haribo uh, fat-free, oh, uh, calorie-free gummy bear, five-pound yeah. bag. Sugar Have you out- seen... 
Yeah. You showed me that. Yeah, yeah. Haribo, the five pound gummy bag. There's sugar alcohols. Well, you know, I'm still, I sugar alcohols are still in my diet. And I'm here to tell you Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> that those sugar alcohols make things move through you. Sure. At a bit of a pace. Absolutely. I mean, who needs colace when you can just tear into a bag of sugar free gummy bears? I mean, I. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sugar alcohols are really in a, a number of things in my in my fridge and my cabinets. Well, are you? Is it because you're like vegan or no? Something? It's. I mean, it's. I'm trying. I do watch sugar intake, but I'm not really quite sure that those sugar alcohols are. I don't know where they really fall on the on the spectrum with actual proper sugar, like sugar cane. Um, but I know like high fructose corn syrup is not good, but I really try to watch my sugar. And when you try to watch your sugar and you buy lower sugared things, you know, what's in there is they substitute that taste with some sugar alcohols. They, now, they throw some laxatives up in there. <laughs> they throw some laxatives in there. Mm, a pint of chocolate laxative ice cream. <laughs> oh, But it's not actually ice cream because it's, it's like, cause I'm vegan. It's nut or something. <laughs> Ew, I can't. Um, okay, so yeah, so absolutely. So Wildhorn, Weber, and Vile. Yeah, so we're 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 circling back. Um, Here we are. We're in. You're in a tuxedo. I'm in a you know a repurposed homecoming dress from 1997. Um, yeah, we are we are being we are being gendered. Oh, we are being binaried. <laughs> we are. When when in 2003 were we not? <laughs> I you know, I don't like to throw people under the bus, but I will make a comment or two of something. I will bring I will bring something in if it's if it's good enough to bring in. But Absolutely. I you know um yeah, the person that did direct us in Wildhood Weber and Vile. I was in a show where another musical review, maybe a, a year or two later, with, that they also had directed. And I believe I was singing, I believe it was a review of Disney songs. Now, if you know me, oh. I'm not really a fan of Disney, but I remember singing a song, and I want to say it was from Pocahontas, but I could be incorrect. Oh, oh that's not. But weird. there was a really, there was a note at the end, mm. and it was quite high but i i used to love to take it up oh you know like another five steps and opt up and really give the early bird crowd you know the soaring vocals that they came here for absolutely <laughs> they're like it's 2 2 p.m and we're about to go have dinner at denny's what have you got for us john and then you come in with this yeah dinner at denny's and then and then my soaring high note and i was given a note Oh. That I did disregard. <laughs> okay, you know, but okay. I feel like I feel like sometimes directorial notes were were options, really, not just, oh, absolutely not, not commands. So I I disregarded <laughs> disregarded the note to not not take it up, and then I remember doing it during a performance and just getting like the director coming backstage and screaming at me that basically <gasps> men. We're not supposed to ever sound like that. No. And I believe it was like something like, no man should ever sing that high. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. That's, that's really unfortunate. 
Yeah. Mm. Good times. Well, I like I do remember one of the like most vivid memories of Wildhorn Weber and Vile is that somehow, I don't know, we were like, you know, young performers that were really mm-hmm. had no business being bitter, but somehow we <laughs> developed that like little hand gesture that we would like toss in. Oh yeah. The swipe of the cheek. The- yeah, it was our it was a nonverbal signal um, <laughs> that we would share privately in public <laughs> on the stage yes. during performance. And I believe that yes. that nonverbal single signal signal was a swipe of two fingers down the cheek, which meant we were t- we were cooked. We were through. we were through. We were yes. through with this. <laughs> we were through with it. And like I'm like I look back. It was I'm no like, longer what? enjoyable. Honey, it was cooked. I'm like, you were, what? You were 23 and you were already exhausted? Like, get over it. Like, I can't believe we were, like, so magically bitter then. Yeah. Although maybe we were just really wise beyond our years. Like, we saw the bullshit. We just couldn't quite, the only way we could channel it was just in a swipe down the cheek. I mean, we were happy for a job, a theater, a job in the theater, happy to be getting a weekly paycheck in the theater and yes. as most theater people it's just starting sort of out that was what you contended with was you know things that weren't necessarily your it wasn't your Medea it wasn't <laughs> your um, it wasn't my Estrada. it wasn't yeah, these were the things we had to contend with <laughs> I mean I would argue that at probably you know I did I did theater full time until basically until the pandemic Mm-hmm. And I would argue, like, 50% of the things I did were just, like, you know, a job, a paycheck, or whatever. I, I mean, I and I love, like, every show that I get to be a part of just because of the people, usually. But, like, I would say it's rare, actually, as a theater artist to, like, be actually doing the work that you somehow set out to or, mm-hmm. like, you know, is the, at the top of your list. Like, even when you're... You're kind of a workhorse, no matter what. If you're in the region, like regional mm-hmm. theater. Well, I know that you, um, the pandemic hit, and you, although your experience was different from other people, like everyone had their own individual experience, but other theater theater artists working. I mean, you've basically um, your dream has sort of been like, you know, taken from underneath of you like i guess that that analogy was strange i wanted to i wanted to say your dream was the carpet that has sort of been like like under pulled, like pulled the rug out from yeah, under me or something but, but the analogy went yeah. on like oh, oh my god no i love that i was like flying on a magic carpet and then the pandemic <laughs> disney unraveled it is a disney reference <laughs> get that high note a whole new world no you know it's funny though because like that joke about being through during wildhorn weber and vile like it's so funny because I think that that speaks to the fact that, like, you know, I had when I was a kid, my dream was like be an actor. But then ultimately, when I was an actor, I was like, oh, this is, you know, it's a job like any other job, right? And I'm doing mm-hmm. this job. And sometimes I'm through and sometimes I love it. And, you know, just like any other job. And so I like, maybe like five, six years ago, I started to say, oh, wow, like this is really just, you know, I'm, cl- I'm just punching the clock here at this job and it doesn't doesn't pay very well and it doesn't have a lot of security. So um, I started to like consider a change anyway. So mm. when the pandemic hit, um, I had no choice but to like really look and reassess. Um, 
because I lost like four gigs. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I was like, all right, well, you know what, this is the time like this, you know, I've been putting this off and putting this off and this is the moment to really like explore other options or other avenues. And so Mm -hmm. I did. Will you go back? Um, I get that a lot from like the, 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 the Wildhorn Weber and Vile crew, you know, they'll like send me a message. I like your real estate ad, but are you coming back to the state? Um, I think, I think I'm going to, I've retained my, um, like my on camera, like my, uh, TV film agent. Um, and that is, that's a, an area of, you know, performance that doesn't conflict as much with, you know, I could probably juggle real estate and us like, you know, for example, I'm like auditioning for a, M. Night uh, guest spot on his show. Um, mm-hmm. What's it called? The Servant, right? So, like, I could do that. I could go shoot that scene over a couple days and be back, and it wouldn't right. be. But theater is so all-consuming. Because you're committed um, for a long period of time. I mean, you have, what, like, anywhere from three to whatever weeks, and then and then the weeks of your run. So even if you were when they run like three weeks, you're still looking like at a what, like a month, almost a month and a half commitment. Yeah. And the and the other thing about it is the rigidity of it. It's not, it's not the kind of job where I mean, I couldn't even go to my sister's rehearsal dinner for her wedding. Like they gave me contractually, they gave me like the night off to watch her get married. But like I couldn't, I mean, it's like Right. If your kid's sick, if you're sick, you're still on stage. Like you, it doesn't have flexibility. So it doesn't pair well with other mm-hmm. jobs, except for like literal survival gigs. Um, but, you know, so I just, I, I think that the days of making my full time living from being physically on stage mm-hmm. are done. Um, and that's okay. Mm hmm. How do you feel doing real estate? I am obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. I think like, well, I don't know about you, but like, I think one of the things that is appealing about theater is that sort of like, you kind of become an adrenaline junkie and it it ruins you for other jobs, right? Because you're like, you're used to, or at least for me, like I, I got addicted to the high of getting the job, the... um the low of not getting one, the high of opening night, the low of closing, like there's ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And like, it's it's a lot of things, but it's not boring. Um, and real estate is very, very similar. Like, I'm like, I'm today I'm like writing an offer for a, like a million dollar home. I'm like so excited. I'm like, yeah. Mm. And then if we get under contract, I'm going to be like, so stoked. And then there's like, you know, the wrestling with the home inspections and the negotiations and the drama and like you're on the phone with the agent and then like the house closes and you get like money. Like it's, it's like, it's a ride and it's not for everyone because like people who fear uh, not having job security, like it's, this Mm -hmm. is not the industry for them, but I'm so used to like desperately going from one paltry theater paycheck to another, um, and scraping together a living that like right. this is just in fact easier so it's it's a very very good fit are you um competitive oh yeah yeah i'm so competitive that's one of the reasons i survived in theater for 20 years right. is that like i was willing to advocate for myself 
I was willing to, I, I was really, uh, I would push myself. I would get myself in rooms that, you know, I, I would make sure that I was seen, considered. Um, I was like, I will book this. I will line up this. Mm-hmm. You know, I just like made sure that I took care of myself. Um, and yeah, with this, with the real estate, like the thing is you don't have to be, it's not that I need to be competitive, but it's like, I'm going to make sure that my client gets the best deal, you know, and I'm gonna, you know, it's fun. It's like going to bat for somebody and, but it's also collaborative. It's, and it's very people driven because I get to work really intensely with people on one of the biggest transactions they'll ever make in their lives. One of the biggest purchases. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of stress and it's like mitigating and like managing their stress. Um, kind of acting as a therapist. It's like just, it's very akin to directing a show, right. which I also used to do. Well, you know, I told you we had a, we had a short conversation, you know, for me to ask you to do this. And I said that um, I, w- I was wondering if real estate, being a real estate agent wasn't like theater because you're, you're staging a, um, you're staging something for, for like an audience. You're like creating an yes. experience for people Yes. Um, and, and, and two, like, I don't know how much you actually do like the staging of like furniture and things like in the house or in the space. But I mean, it, you're like doing scenic design and yes. lighting design. Totally. Yeah. And there's so much more control too. Like I get to decide or like help my clients decide like how their home's going to look. I, mm. I, um, oversee the photography, um, I write the listing. It's like, yeah, it is. It is like a little show. And then mm-hmm. I'm the one who gets to communicate with the agents that come through. And it's, there's a lot more age, like literally agency being a real estate agent than there is. Uh, like, you know, with theater, like you have control, but you're also like, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's more, you're more in charge of your, yourself. Mm-hmm. You're more autonomous. Mm-hmm which I appreciate after years of sort of, you know, as you said earlier, like the musical theater is not a, um, it's not on the cutting edge of what's happening with gender or sexuality. It's, it's sort of an older beast, you know, Mm -hmm. and a lot of the older shows are what people want to see and what they're paying to see. And I spend a lot of time, you know, over the last 20 years, like playing straight girls and being a girly Mm -hmm. lady and, you know, shaking my tatas and like looking you know what walking sexy and you know just like I, like basically doing a drag impression of what a sexual mm-hmm. like 40 something woman or you know 30 something woman is you know like i just and after a while as my life started to change and my you know my i started uh, dating my now wife like i was just like mm-hmm. i just like really feel like i'm playing pretend but not only that i'm like almost doing drag and it was like really uncomfortable right. so I'm really glad now I can just like put on a power suit and like go to a closing. Like I just like can be myself. Hi, it's me. Sorry to break up the conversation, but I'm stepping into the sponsorship space. Wink, wink. For a moment to tell you about something extra special. Patreon. Patreon is a membership-based platform for content creators to earn a monthly income while providing rewards and perks to you our subscribers. I Miss You has two recurring monthly membership levels starting at $5. So what do I get for that $5, you say? Well, my undying gratitude for one. Isn't that enough? 
No, it's not enough, come on. You'll get bonus content every other week, including videos by me, Patreon-only posts and updates, and access to the members-only Facebook group, where you can connect with me and other listeners, share stories of reconnecting, oh, and join in on a once-a-month Facebook live chat, where you can ask me questions about the show. Your monthly sponsorship supports producing the podcast, including website and other platform fees. Uh, They really add up. Recording studio rental, editing equipment, and let's be honest, probably some treats for my dog, Najdia. She's hungry. Like all the time. Visit imissyoupodcast.com for a link to our Patreon page. And if all that business isn't of interest to you, but you would still like to support the show, you can make a one-time donation through our website as well. Oh, and another way to show support is by sharing our podcast with your dog. Kidding. Sharing this podcast with everyone you know. Seriously, everyone. Now, back to the episode. It's a good feeling. Yeah, I feel like there was a a time where we were a little bit estranged from each other. And then we, and that was the time when, uh, the period of time when I think you had, or were going through a divorce or separated from your husband. And then you were dating a woman. And for some reason, we didn't really, we didn't speak that much during that time. I don't know when that was that that happened. Was it when I was in LA? I think the time we were least connected, I feel like you moved to DC. Oh, wait. We no, were still. Too, like you, so you and Sarah are married now, correct? Yes. Congratulations. This is Thank new, you. right? This is recent. Yes, October. Yes. I feel like, did I say congratulations to you when I saw you over the holiday? Probably. I mean, of course. You're I don't classy. Know. You know, sometimes I feel did like I'm, just, I'm in my own shit. <laughs> no, no, you definitely must have. Yeah. Over our noodle, when we had our noodles Maybe outside just, on my patio. I'm realizing, like, it's dawning on me now. Marriage. I know, marriage. It's like, and I kind of downplay it because it's like my second marriage and it's like, oh, like scary. But I, you know. Do you, when you say scary, do you feel like part of your previous marriage um, is influencing this marriage or do you have your previous marriage sort of sitting in your experience a little bit when it comes to this that it makes you feel a certain way or maybe you, Yeah. Well, I mean, like the institution of marriage, my only experience with it firsthand was my first marriage, which was not, um, was not a fit for me and felt really, I felt very, yeah, it just wasn't good. So then to like go back into this institution a second time Mm -hmm. that has, I've really wrestled with how scary that is. So, um, Mm -hmm. but you know, that's what therapy's for. My therapist is amazing. Yeah. The best. Yeah. 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 So um, when that was, yeah, why were, gosh, you know, it's, was that when I was in LA? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I'm dwelling on a, on the timeline here. I really don't need to know. Um, I was just, I was thinking too about, um, yeah, I, I guess I did feel like well, I fell out of touch with people when I was like really in my shit. Like right, I was sure. really drinking. Yeah. And and then sort of distancing myself from having any type of like sustainable relationships or friendships with people. 
Yeah. You know, I, that happened. Like, I remember we did, do you remember we did that like cabaret together? Um, and I do. you were, yeah. and you were struggling at that time, I think with some substance stuff. Cause I remember you got sick. I kind of disappeared like between the two days or something, but then you made it, but you were like, like, you know, hungover or whatever, like, right. You right. were like going through something. I can't remember, but like, I remember thinking, and like, you know, I am so bad with like how to handle when a friend is going through something like that. Like, cause I have, you know, my, I have a family member uh, who struggles with substance stuff mm-hmm. and instead of like dealing with them straight on or like helping them, I like basically just like shut down. So like, you know, I've, I've struggled with that. Like I have, I have a lot of friends who over the years, like I have one right now that's like really struggling really, really deep in like addiction. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to navigate that. So, and, and likewise, like when I, you know, I lost a lot of friends during an era where I was struggling with my eating disorder. Like I, it's like when you're going through something, um, that kind of consumes you like addiction or in my case, like an eating disorder, it's like, it's really hard to like pick up the phone and like hang out with a friend. Like it just, it, it's like hard to like stay connected. Yeah. Because the point of it for me at least was to disconnect. Like I didn't want to be in relation because being relational right. was too difficult. So I was, I was in a relationship with drinking. Right. Um, and every, right. every other substance I did, but, but drinking was sort of Drinking was my my your main bed, squeeze, my main squeeze, my bed. Mm-hmm. But but it's you know for me it was to not be relational, not to feel real things, not to be authentic. Um. So yeah, so so you know, hiding out in the hiding out in the wings like was my thing. Right, and I mean, getting too close to anybody who deeply cares about you would be that would threaten your main squeeze, right? Because it's like, if somebody really looks too closely when you're using or you're having, you know, like when I had my eating disorder and was really deep into that, the people close to me would try to stop me. They would try to make it better. They would Mm. bother me about it. And so, you know, it's like a self-preservation thing. It's like, I needed to hold on to my essentially like addiction and keep myself safe because the eating disorder made me feel safe. And it was it was my friend. It was my thing that protected me from being imperfect or mm-hmm. ugly or fat or whatever. So when people were trying to intervene, that actually drove me away from them. So I lost a lot of like dear, dear friends as I struggled through that, um, mm-hmm. including like Jeffrey, who is also one of our connections. Right. Uh, but like he and I have reconnected, but like during like sort of the po- like college and post-college, I just like, I couldn't reach out to people. I just like, and I was exhausted too. Like it's really mm-hmm. time consuming to be in something like that, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, main, it's time, it's it takes up some time. Squeeze, yeah. Um, I, I went through um, an eating disorder when I was younger, when I was um, in high school. I think mm-hmm. I was around like 16, 17. And I had struggled with um, you know, body dysmorphia. And I had right. I I'd gotten quite overweight um mm-hmm. as a kid because food for me was like at that point was my friend because right. I I would just eat, 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 eat. 
And then also food was constantly being offered to me in right. significant quantities in <laughs> in my in my home, you know. <laughs> here is a here is a plate of a two pound schnitzel, an, an entire cooked box, box of pasta. I mean, like this is so the, the quantity of food that was in my home. Um yeah, and just no no knowledge really around dietary things, you know, in in the right. home. Um, but yeah, I I remember I got to a point where, well, I tried, you know, I was taking laxatives at one point, and then I wasn't really interested in shitting myself all day long. So I got to the point where I think I would eat just saltine crackers with a little bit of Smucker's jam on the top. Oh, of treat them. yourself. Treat yourself. All, all day long. And that would be my thing. Yeah, ration it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I believe it was fine. It wasn't. And then I started drinking like yeah. later in high school. But but the drinking, I was eating again. So we'd gone over one thing. And then we, right. we tried to control all of the um all of the dark, shadowy material that I didn't want to really, I didn't know how to work on, wasn't resolved. All that traumatic material just kept showing up in ways in which I could control other things, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it's always, I think that's one of the hardest things to accept is like that that dark shit's always going to be there. And it's so, Mm -hmm. it's so uncomfortable to sit in discomfort because I have a lot of dark shit and it's super distracting to pick up something like, an eating disorder or substance, like I definitely like, you know, we'll use alcohol or, or mm. weed or whatever to kind of turn off the dark, you know, to turn off the heaviness or whatever, mm. you know, to dis- disengage. It Often that's easier, you know, and, but it's, you yeah. know, it's hard to, it, but then it can get, it can get to the point where it becomes, it doesn't, that doesn't serve you either. So it's like finding that balance as a human of like, how do I like, live in this like world if i'm a sensitive human which i think we're both very sensitive people we're like mm-hmm. right i think we're like we feel things deeply we like we have yeah, we like see the deeply. darkness too What's deeply that? too deeply sometimes and that's why right. you don't want to feel so for me yeah. i was trying to numb everything numb it. yeah right i get it yeah. i get it when did you um when was like your aha or like I'm I'm drinking too much? I'm like, how did you turn it around? Like, I don't think we ever really have talked about that. No. Um, so you know, I I quit. I would stop drinking for periods of time. Right. Um, and I think before this last drink, um, the longest time that I'd quit drinking for was maybe about a year. Okay. Maybe a little bit over a year. Um, but the last drink this time I had taken um, basically when I started the graduate psychotherapy program that I'm that I'm currently in. So that would oh have been gosh. back in 2019. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So it kind of coincided. And I knew that it just, it was at a place where nothing bad was happening necessarily like historically in my past like bad shit was happening right i mean like, right i was just getting in the mix chaos of it. and and it wasn't at that point it was just fucking sad 
it was at a sad point. Like, oh, I'm going to get the box wine now because at least that has like two or three bottles in it. And I would just, I'd wake, I would go to the gym early in the morning. I'd wake up early in the morning at six o'clock in the morning and go to the gym. And I'd quickly get through the gym thing so I could get home and start drinking wine. Oh, wow. And it was just happening uh, throughout the day. Or I would get to a point where I would pass out for a nap and then I'd get up and then I'd start doing it again. Yeah, so yeah, it was just, yeah. it was a constant sort of flow. But I was retreating more and more into a into a space of isolation um, where I didn't really want to go out anymore. And if I did wind up somehow going out, I was pretty messy. Um, right. But at the same time, I wasn't the sort of chaotic messy that I felt like when I was in my 20s and 30s, where I was like a fucking roller coaster. I mean, like, right, sure. It was a sad sort of like, it felt like a sad sort of messy, you know, just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you've grown into, you've grown into that alcoholic, you know. Um, uh. Yeah, but I, I, so I knew it needed to end. And I sort of, I commemorated the thing um, in a huge ritual. Oh, you did. That I did on the beach. Amazing. In the middle, in the middle of a storm. Oh, yes. And I brought like, um, I had this big staff and I, you know, I, you know, if you don't know already, I'm a witch. So I, I um, called, <laughs> I called the corners, I called the ancestors, I called, yes. I called the sea, I called the ocean, I called in all these things. And I did this ritual and this was, um, it was very, very cold outside. And I walked into the ocean oh. to like sort of wash this all away from me. Um, came out, froze my ass off, never looked back. And that was it. Amazing. Wow. I never looked back. So yeah. Yeah. That's working. Well, I think it's smart too that you said you like sort of had a, a ritual or ceremony to like there, there's something about letting go of a thing that may have made your life a mess, but it also served you for a time, right? So it's like saying goodbye to it. Like it just no longer, like this alcohol, like, you know, it got you through certain things that maybe like at that time, that's what you needed. And now, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. it's like good to like, it's like, thank you, dark friend for like helping me here. And now goodbye, like actually acknowledging yeah. You know. And you know, it was it's been different. And I won't say I won't say that nary a day has passed where I haven't thought. Mm, oh fuck, yeah. Some no, I get it. Cabernet would be yeah. really swell right now. But I rarely have those days, I will say. Yeah. I rarely have those days this time around. Since this last drink, those cravings I have not had. And I think it's because something clicked in a different way that it's not clicked in the past. Um, but finally, like, I got to start working through this deep shit. Like now, yes. it's like now or never it's do the work now or, <laughs> or do not continue on because. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not been easy. Um, being aware is fucking exhausting. Right. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. But yeah, so, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a daily, it's a daily process to kind of notice 
Well, things come up, strong things come up, notice how things are coming up and then kind of like figure out what's going on. Like I, um, you know, something in me has felt a lot of anxiety that just pops up randomly sometimes. And I try to like figure yeah. out what's going on and I have to understand that sometimes I, maybe there isn't a rhyme or reason to it. It could be something that I'm not even, re even remembering that's been sort of like sitting sitting in the subconscious. Or, yeah, sure. Or it's just been there. I mean, um, or like it's like the daily existential dread of like living in a living on a planet that's like slowly burning to a crisp and like you know QAnon people think that like laser beams are causing forest fires. I mean, like there's like a lot of like also additional mm -hmm. stress that just if you're an aware person mm -hmm. and if you're watching MSNBC while you're eating your Asian salad. I would say that lunch ritual, I mean, you're going to have to expect some, like a side of anxiety with that lunch, right? Yeah. Like if we're aware at all of what's happening around us. I'm oh. still curious if, if the inclusion of ginger is the only thing making mm. that quote unquote Asian style salad. Right. Well, is this like from California Pizza Kitchen or like no, where are we getting it's just this like from? The bag. It's the sad, it's the sad <laughs> bag of salad. No, like the grocery store bag with yeah, like the iceberg lettuce yeah, and like a crispy. It's not, yeah, it's like a chopped. Okay, sad, that's chopped, fair. Chopped salad bag. Listen. But you know, I enjoy it. Yeah. And that's where we are. You got to do, you know, you. <sighs> The, the salad, the Asian salad is serving you, and I celebrate that. I'm about to, ready for me? This is my, this is the thing I love the most. Oh, let me we hear can, it. Ready? Oh, shh. The bubbles <laughs> from the lacroix. The, the lacroix. This is a key lime, naturally <laughs> essence. Oh, that's the one that I, that, those are my favorite, the key lime ones. Mm. And they're deliciously key lime-ish. Like it oh, really yeah. does taste like a clear sparkly slice of pie yeah they're they're delivering that promise they're delivering and um for that i am grateful yeah you know it's a treat we well, bought a soda stream and we were really going for it for no. like at the beginning of the pandemic and we were going strong and then we like fell off the soda stream wagon and we're like back in the canned right seltzer we just it's just a little better now, it's better. Yeah. I was going to ask you, do you use the soda stream regularly? Because I know for myself, I would buy the soda stream and that soda stream would never be used. It would be used for the first week and I would never <laughs> go back to it because it seems like too much work to me yeah. when all I could do is pop open a refreshing can of LaCroix. Right. And I'm putting out there into the universe that um, LaCroix will will be one of this program sponsors eventually. Oh, yes, please. Absolutely. <laughs> I can speak to the Lemoncello LaCroix if you have not had the oh, Lemoncello. No. Oh, that is the classiest beverage. Wow. It, it has like a I've hint never seen of it. like, oh, it has like hint of Windex. Like it's a little bit cleaning solution. Like it's a little bit like has a bite because it's, mm -hmm. you know, just not real, whatever, but it just, there's something about it. It's just very satisfying. Try it. Try right. It. It's very good. Um, I like that. Play. Anyway, I can talk about LaCroix. Like that's a yeah. whole nother podcast. We could do right. like a, we can do our ad. We'll do the ads for it when well, we get our sponsorship. I feel like we should, I feel like 
we just shared some deep stuff and I feel like we should give um, props to ourselves for coming out on the other side of it. Not to say that we've come out of it completely. Right. But we've definitely put a good boot through the door. <laughs> we've, yeah, we're, we're doing it. Oh, boot through the door. And I just, I think we should give props to our ourselves. I'm giving props to you. Um, for making it through the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. And I love that, like, you know, I think the hallmark of a good friendship, a true friendship, is mm. its ability to withstand some distance sometimes as somebody works through things, you know, and just like knowing that you can basically pick right back up. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, and that it's important um, to both of us that you know, we both valued each other enough and the friendship enough to find our way back to each other, which is like, mm -hmm. you know, there are people that have drifted out of my life and I'm kind of like, eh, okay. Like, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, they served a purpose. There's that like season, reason, and lifetime. You know, they're with you for a season. Like, they're just mm -hmm. in Wildhorn, Weber, and Vile with you and they were nice, but it's over. Or a reason, wait, season oh no season's like i was in high school and then like a reason is like wildhorn weber and vile and like a lifetime is like you know mm -hmm. who do you really wish you could reconnect with Ooh, that's a good question Ugh. i actually feel at peace i reconnected like two years ago with one of my best friends who I met down in Tampa when I was living there and she was like my everything. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of basically got involved with my now ex-husband and he had, uh, I, I kind of like alienated from her. Like I like, we, we like drifted out. We like fell out. And it was one of the scariest things to make myself vulnerable to her and say like, I'm so sorry. Cause I really felt like it was my fault. And it, I think it, you know, I, I own that it was like more me than her that we drifted apart. Or, um, or your shit or your, my shit, yeah, my shit. Yeah. So I flew out to Seattle. I was there for like a work thing and she lives in Seattle. This was like a few years ago now. And I said, will you please meet me for dinner? And like, she came and, I like, we like cried. Like it was just like, and, and it took, and even after that, it took time, but now we've like rebuilt it. And it's just really, I'm, I'm like, we have like a little zoom date tomorrow night, mm. like to hang out, you know, and just, so that was the biggest, if you had asked me that like two years ago, I would have been like, oh, this, this friend, but I did it. And it was, it was worth it. Like I, uh -huh. I would say to like anyone who's like, oh God, there's this person in my life that I miss so much. Like it's worth making yourself vulnerable and like at least trying to reconnect because, and I was so scared. I was so scared to admit that I'd been a dick, like that I, you know, just, it was so hard and mm -hmm. I'm so glad I did it. So, so there's no one else floating around out there right now that feels that way. I just have been a little bit lazy during the pandemic because I've, I've been like, well, we can't go out anyway, so let's just not call people, you know? So I have to get a little better mm -hmm. about some of my, like, peripheral friends, but, like, with my good, like, dear friends, I think I'm good. What about you? Do you have somebody that you're, like, got to get mm -hmm. back in touch or? 
Well, you know, there's the there's the list of people. Oh, that I've you're going to be checking things off. I okay. am, but but you know, I I also been thinking about like who's not on the list because for the for the people on on the list that I made um, that I'd love to chat with before this podcast, there are also people not on that list. So I've been um, I've been aware of that, and I've also been questioning why that is and what's going on there. And it's not to say that it's not to say that the, everyone on the list is easy to talk to. Like I definitely um, some people on my list and some of these people are people I have not actually called and asked to be on the podcast yet are people that stop speaking to me that we <sighs> would not speak to me anymore because of, um, you know, how our relationship went. Um, and right. sadly, some of those things are never got an ending. They never had a closure. It was just like a sort of ripping apart of the Velcro, you know, like, yeah. And then, yeah, you know, that, was, right. that was the end of that. Um, but Ooh. I know that there's like some people um, that I had temporary moments with um, who we just kind of fell out for, for lack of a better word, not even fell out, but just we, we moved apart or, physically just we're in different cities but i yeah. did a semester abroad um in london and i went to goldsmiths um as part of my undergraduate uh four years and i you know met a bunch of um other folks in there you know that that were living in london and mm -hmm. we were in a tight little container together for three and a half months so we became very close um you know through better or worse and i'd i'd be i'd be really curious to to know what happened to them and i even have a picture of all of us um drinking wine and like our little <laughs> our little like lounge area um yeah i love that yeah like that'd be like such a, a like an amazing reality show concept is like you provide like a picture of a moment mm -hmm. when you were young and like having a fucking great time with these people, whoever they are, like bring them all back in a room. Yeah. Where are they now? Like what, who are they now? I mean, I'm really, I'm thinking about, um, on, um, the podcast Instagram is posting some pictures like with little, little memory jaunts. Like as oh, of, as I have an of, archive of those pictures as, from that cabaret we did, those black and oh white my gosh. phone well, that's booth going on pictures and stuff. I mean, that's going those, to the Instagram. And those I are the, the, the best I've ever looked. Yeah. The podcast, <laughs> the podcast. Did I even tell you what the podcast is called? No, what's it called? I miss you. Oh, yeah, I love so the, it. The podcast Instagram is I Miss You Podcast. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's beautiful. This is really cool. I'm I'm honored to be on here. I'm honored that you are on here too. Yay! Um, I want to before we start wrapping up. I want to ask you, um, what's what's one thing that's important for you right now? just in life hmm. i really need uh, or like one thing that i really have have realized that i value that i don't know that i knew before is like the ability to like 
be somewhere else, like to travel, to experience like somewhere mm. different than my current environment. So I, when, when COVID is better or done, I really need to like have a reset somewhere, like go. There's like a few cities I really want to go to, or just like, just go somewhere, even if it's just like a hotel somewhere nearby, like I need mm -hmm. a change of scenery. That's like, that feels really urgent. I feel very, very in a rut here. And mm -hmm. even though I love my, my daughter, my wife, like the people we've chosen to be in a pod with, like all that stuff, it's like every day feels like Groundhog's Day right now. It's like nuts. So I need variety. I think that's the thing that's important. I need some variety. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you just, it's not that the, it's not that the painting that you hung on the wall is disinteresting or, or not beautiful, but it's, you don't want to see the same painting necessarily every day. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Like, yeah, you just need to see something different. I mean, yes. you don't eat the same food every day. No, Maybe, I kind of well, do, I, yeah, but I kind of do. Too. <laughs> I kind of do. Your Asian salad is my bag of salad every day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now, what about what about you? What's what's anything that's important to you? <sighs> I think this is important right now. I think it's people reconnecting with people intentionally. Yeah, I'll leave it there. I was gonna. I was trying to think if anything else was sort of important right now. I don't know. Well being. <laughs> well, well yeah well-being health yeah health is important. Oh, yeah. it's a big one yeah health is, yeah health especially important right now i feel like we're going through this very strange time very much so yeah well it's good seeing you again it's good seeing you um tell tell Sarah and tell Chloe I say hello and tell I will tell Ollie um I send barks. Oh, yes, give Nadja a little like rub, a little rub on the head. I will. Ugh. Okay. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Okay. Bye, friend. Bye. Do you have any questions, feedback, or want to share a story about reconnecting? You can drop me an email at I miss you podcast at gmail.com. Find and follow the show on Instagram at I Miss You Podcast. I Miss You is hosted, edited, and produced by me, with lots of help from the universe. This episode was recorded at House of Pod in Denver, Colorado. Our podcast graphic was designed by Ian Slarsky. New episodes are released weekly on Wednesdays. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, and show some love with lots of stars. It really helps. If you would like to support I Miss You, as well as get additional content and access to our members-only Facebook group, where you can connect and share with other listeners, consider subscribing to Patreon. You can find a link to Patreon in our Instagram bio, or at our website at imissyoupodcast.com. And finally, reach out, connect, and spread the love by telling all of your friends about our show. Till next time, new friend.